Hello and welcome to the first official Learning is Change podcast, formerly the Discourse about Discourse Educast by Ben Wolkoff. Um, the reason for the change is somewhat obvious, but um, I wanted to pull together my podcast and my blog and all of the other things that I've been doing over the last uh, few years. I wanted to, to sort of house it in one place and the, uh, the statement of learning is change is one that has been going through my head for quite some time now, where every single little piece of learning we have, um, uh, that we encounter, changes the way that we feel about uh, the world around us and, and changes the way that we think about things. So going with that kind of uh, statement, I'm sort of pressing on and, and continuing on in my thinking and uh, my exploration into uh, authentic learning and uh, educational technology um, that is coupled with with sort of research-based pedagogy and, and those sorts of things. But um, I wanted to do this podcast about a question that uh, Christian Long asked me a couple of weeks ago, and it's something that I've been... Uh, grappling with quite a bit ever since and um, I've been putting it out to other people to, so that they can grapple with it as well and I'd like to do that on the podcast um, the conver- the context of the conversation that we were having was talking about learning is change and talking about what really I see my role as in the edublogosphere um, I got a really interesting direct message on Twitter last night, uh, Chris Lehman saying that he wanted to be the singer-songwriter of the uh, edublogosphere. I'm not really sure what that means, but um, I like that idea. And so, you know, having a role and and having, um, you know, even outside of the edublogosphere, outside and and into uh, schools and into districts and things like that, what what is the role? But he frames it in such a great way that, that it, it sort of takes you aback and you don't have an answer right away. Um, rather than focusing on um, professional development or focusing in on the, the tools that we're working with or, or um, this, is the, this is the right pedagogy that you want to you know, uh, put out to people and, and frame correctly and everything like that. Unless you can answer the following question, which I'm building up quite a bit by now, unless you can answer the following question, none of that matters. And the question that he asked me is, what is the itch that you are trying to scratch? Or what is the itch that other people want scratched that you think you can provide? And that particular metaphor, to me, is so basic, you know, almost almost primal, um, where you, you have something that you really want done and you can't do it yourself. You know, you've got this itch on your back somewhere in that spot that you just can't reach. And there's no way other than, you know, like putting your back up against something and sort of rubbing vigorously against it that you're going to be able to scratch that. What you really need is someone else. And so the, the question he had there was, what is the itch that you are trying to scratch? And, um, you know like I said, it took me aback. Um, and I was, you know, sort of dumbfounded. I was like, well, you know, I, I really believe in, 
uh, authentic learning for a real purpose with a real audience. I really believe in uh, creating uh, learning environments that that uh, that foster uh, lifelong learning, and and I believe in uh, using the the Web 2.0 tools that I have seen to create a collaborative, uh, conversational, connected, change-directed environment. You know, all of those things. I I, I find that you know that that's those are my core beliefs but when you frame it in the sense of what is the itch that you are trying to scratch are we as a, an edu blogosphere a solution in search of a problem um, or do we really see a problem in our classrooms that we believe we are trying to solve and um, you know, I have to say, before I started using technology heavily and started working on my sort of educational theory and that kind of thing, you know, I did okay. And I see other teachers that do not use technology and I and that do not, um, that are not working, I would say, in the 21st century mold or, or something like that. Um, you know they do they do okay and they and they have engaging lessons and they have engaging um, content and the students are learning it's not that they are not learning in those classrooms so what is the what is the real the real itch there what is the real itch that we are trying to scratch because you know technology costs a heck of a lot of money and um, there are workarounds and there are um, ways of using cell phones in the place of, of uh, uh, you know, sort of web-capable devices or, or laptops or, or whatever have you, but those kinds of things are, you know, are we questioning it enough when we say this is something that we need to do? Um, is it really? You know, is it really something that, that we need to be boring full steam ahead at or is it just something that's really interesting and new um, and so the last few sessions that I've that I've taught I put that out to people as a question um, that was kind of the first question before we got into any of the content um, I I asked them what is the itch that you are trying to scratch in the in this session what do you hope to get out of this session what are you really looking for and you know scanning around the room and we heard from quite a few people some people were saying I really am looking for those resources on uh, how to uh, what, what are the really great resources the really great tools that are out there that I can use in order to integrate technology into my classroom and you know upon pressing people you know well, why do you want to do that why do you think that that's important um, you know, I got a lot of answers of, well, you know, I had to, I have to integrate technology into my classroom. It's a mandate um, that, that I have to do this. Um, I did get some answers on, I, I really want to prepare kids for the future, and I think this is how to do it. Um, I did get some answers, uh, you know, that kids are really engaged by technology, and I, I'm need more of my kids to be engaged and all of those are real answers those are those are answers that make sense but I wonder if there is a bigger why um, that that we are missing that we are missing out on 
um, the the people that that come to a, a technology conference or a uh, session on using technology in the classroom why is it that they are are there rather than somewhere else um, learning about engaging students in another way um, are we I guess, are we arrogant enough to believe that we have the answer? You know? Um, because a lot of times I think we talk about this as a problem of those who get it and those who don't get it. And it's a little bit problematic um, to, to have life be that dichotomous um, where everyone who doesn't get it we can we kind of lump them together and and say you know clearly uh, you're just not ready or you just don't want to be ready or but but the real reason that they're not ready is no one has given them a reason to be ready uh, there there's nothing behind it saying um, there is <laughs> there is some benefit there is something better um, on the other side, if you will. So I know that Wes Fryer um, has been writing about the case for change and that we need to be making the case for change more. Um, but the, you know, the idea that, that it's going to create more engagement, it's going to prepare students for the future, um, it's, not, it's not primal. <laughs> it's not primal in the way of, um, of an itch being scratched. It, it has to be on this very, very gut level that this is something that my students need and without it they will, um, not in the, in the future term, in, in like this sort of might be future universe where students are going to be required to collaborate and create uh, together. You know, I, I talk to, to business people and I talk to, to people who are, are working in this. Um, I've had a really fantastic conversation with uh, the uh, Comcast Academy. Um, uh, he's an, he's an, an instructor as well as a professional development, um, I, I guess, guru. I don't know what his official title is. But he came to interview me about uh, authentic learning in the classroom because he wants to talk to his... Um, his team of professional developers at the Comcast University, um, which is the, the cable company, and, uh, and he wants to introduce authentic learning and, and this, this idea of, uh, of collaborative culture and those sorts of things into the business world. And he sees it almost as an influence from the classroom to the business world. So I'm not completely convinced that this world that we foresee um, as sort of educational technologists, this world that we foresee is a done deal. Um, it is one theory of what the world will look like. And I think for a lot of teachers, they, they see a progression, but they don't see that end point that, that I think a lot of us do see. Um, and it's just not close enough. Um, I, I think you could probably compare it to the, the, the sort of climate change um, debate where for a long, long time it was like climate change is, is too far off. It, it, it's not important enough of, of an issue. Um, 
And until probably Hurricane Katrina, it didn't become an issue for as many people uh, because it was too far off. It was it was not immediate. It was not primal. But I mean the the issue of Hurricane Katrina. I mean it is primal. It is survival at at the point where where the the climate sort of impacts impacts uh, individuals in such a concrete way as to have people you know sort of waiting around in in filth and uh, and and sort of having their their livelihoods and and their lives sucked out from under them you know that that kind of primal idea is is not one that really comes across in our in our dealings with um, with educational technology or, or with you know uh, conferences or sessions or, or anything like that um, in our professional development. So I guess my what I keep on thinking about is whenever someone comes to me, whenever someone comes to uh, learning is change for <clears throat> for a, a particular training or a particular um, uh, sort of resource, you know, I, I really feel like I need to be um, pressing them on why they want it. Um, I don't remember who I was listening to um, recently, but someone was talking about um, being rather stingy with uh, with the blogs that they that they set up within their district. They're an, um, sort of an educational uh, or a technology integration specialist, that kind of a position. And um, <clears throat> it, to me, it was, it was, it, it struck me as, well, why would you ever want to be stingy with information? Why would you ever want to do that? And his point was that um, uh, most people, you know, do one blog post and, and then let it go and, uh, and never come back to it really. And, and, I, and I've always been of the mind, well, that's that's fine. You know, that's their first entrance into blogging, and it was a positive experience. And their next entrance, that you know, they'll be able to say, hey, I know something about that. And they'll be able to um, kind of come back in when somebody brings it back up for them. Um, but I'm not sure that that is really the way that, that I need to be going or that we need to be going as a, as a community. Um, we may need to be asking people um, why they want to engage in blogging, why they want to start a wiki project. You know, what is what is their real reasoning behind it? And uh, and if they don't have reasoning behind it, you know, we can substitute some um, some some piece of our own vision there, but. I think that a lot of the reasons why so many sort of technology integration pieces in the classroom get dropped so quickly is that there is no real reason uh, within the classroom teacher's mind or within the administrator's mind. Um, the, the, the reasoning is, is somewhat lost and, and it is not primal, it is not... Um, this, this gut instinct of I need to create uh, an authentic learning environment and this is the way to do it um, it is this is one extra thing and so 
you know, I think that for a lot of what I am thinking about um, and sort of working with, excuse me, that was a sneeze there. Um, you know, I'd like to I'd like to begin questioning people um, rather than just kind of accepting people as as they come to me and say, "Hey, do you have a resource for this? Do you have a resource for this? Um, do you, uh, you you know, could you do this training? That that kind of thing." Um, through Christian Long, I, I was talking to uh, this guy DK who runs Media Snackers from. Well, he lives in Wales. I'm not really sure where it's centered. Um, but but it's the the idea that uh, young people are are media snackers. They they take little snippets of uh, of social media and and that becomes their their community and their ability to create things. So, um, but he was saying that uh, that most institutions are not ready for the how. They're not ready for the instruction. Um, they need help in understanding the why. Um, they need help in understanding why it is that they need to pro progress in this particular area. Um, because I, I find that, you know, there really is only so much time, there is only so much money in every teacher's uh, and administrator's sort of collective bank accounts or, or um, sort of life account and to thr throw these sort of meaningless tools or not meaningless but uh, these these um, potentially meaningful tools at people and saying hey this is something that's cool this is something that has really been effective in my classroom um, that is not a way to create change um, until people understand the, the why, the, the how becomes almost unimportant. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what, what I'm coming around to a little bit. But the why is, is not something that you can do in a tutorial. The why is a conversation. The why is um, the the network that you are creating um, that that is based upon a, a series of understandings and and until we get to that place until we constantly question um, why it is that we are doing what we're doing um, it, it becomes just an exercise in in what's new um, and what is new is exciting and you know I I'm excited about using VoiceThread in the classroom. I'm excited about um, doing using many, many new tools this year, and I have already. But the the question of why, the the question of how how does this get at the um, the authentic learning, or the or how does this scratch what I need scratched? How does this scratch the itch? Um, is is something that that I keep on pressing at, and I'd really like to explore that with with anyone out there who would care to to do that. Um, you know, what are the real what are the questions that we should be asking people when they come to us for help? 
what are the questions that we need to be to to be pressing people on and um, and figuring out with them not for them with them um, in order to actually create change because I do believe that that learning is change and that process uh, of learning should create change but what is the right kind of change well, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please do leave a comment. Uh, you have the ability to leave um, a, a text comment, voice comment, or video comment on the blog. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to drop me a line, it's uh, ben at learningischange.com. And uh, I hope to hear from you soon. Thanks so much for listening.